0: All right, we're live. How you doing? And welcome to the John Riley Project. We're coming at you on a Tuesday at two o'clock. How you doing out there? boy? We've got some great stuff in store for you today. We're going to talk about Olympic sensation Eileen Gu and her... Pursuit of happiness. I'm just really fired up about this young lady. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the relaxing of the mask mandates. That's uh, kind of big news. Talk a little bit about Joe Rogan, you know, so it's all good. So we're welcoming you to the live stream. Feel free to type your comments in on either Facebook or on YouTube. I'll see them up on my screen. You can type them in. We'll have a discussion. But, uh, you know, before we get into this, I just want to tell you, man, I just had a great weekend. Well, I drove up to Reno and Tahoe, saw some of my old college friends. And, you know, we're talking about pursuit of happiness. This was a big thing for me. Got to see some really good guys, guys I haven't seen in a while. So it's always kind of, you know, sort of reunite with the crew. And we had a great time, man. We're up at um, Incline Village and um, had, uh, you know, stayed up there at the Hyatt Regency, which was really nice, and dinner there at the Lone Eagle Grill. And then the next day, we kind of went down the hill into Reno and and uh, had dinner there. And, you know, some of the other guys, they were skiing all week. And I'm not much of a skier. I think I've probably only skied about seven times in my life. So, But it was just good to get up there and say hello. And, you know, I drove. And from here, from San Diego up to Tahoe, I go up to 395. Man, that is just a a gorgeous drive. You know, there was snow in the hills, snow in the meadows and fields alongside the road, but the roads were clear. And, um, you know, I'm driving my electric vehicle the whole way, man. This is like an EV road trip and it was easy. And I was able to charge for free on most of the trip and just had a great time. And boy, I just... I'm still fired up about it. So now I'm back, back in the saddle here in Poway, California, and just want to get into a couple of things here, you know, and I just really want to talk about this young lady, Eileen Gu. And, you know, I'm still learning about her and boy, everything I've been reading about is so impressive. And there's all these haters for Eileen Gu. And it's just it's amazing. So I, I kind of wanted to get into it and you guys tell me what you think about this. So Eileen Gu is a freestyle skier and she just won the gold medal. Was it last night? I think, or, um, you know, in, in what they call big air, you know, where they go on these crazy jumps, flying through the air, uh, doing all kinds of crazy tricks. Well, she won the, um, the big, the big air freestyle event on, on Tuesday, I guess. Like today's Tuesday but I think it's already Wednesday in China right now isn't it? Um, I think it is So it was yesterday she won the gold medal um, and she did what was called she did a couple of tricks that were unbelievable um, and one of them the one that she the she did the trick at the very end to win the gold medal she had never done it before. I mean she's a risk taker she's a thrill seeker and you know she's really trusting herself. Because she knows what she's capable of doing, and I'm just seeing this and just thinking, this is so awesome. Um, this to, and, and to me, I watch the Olympics and. It, it's, it's amazing how it gets so politicized and it doesn't need to be like that, people. I mean, the Olympics should be all about individual achievement. You know, some of the, the these athletes coming on the on the worldwide stage and just accomplishing their goals, all that training, all that hard work paying off. And they're able to share that with their friends, their family and and lots of other people in their community and people in their nation. It's all good. But we get these haters, you know, and like Eileen Gu, and I'll kind of get into this in a little bit. You know, she is an American citizen. She was born in San Francisco, you know, just like me. Um, But she ended up um, deciding to enter the Olympics on the Chinese Olympic team because, you know, her mother was – born and raised in, in China. Uh, her father is an American. She's biracial. She decided she could have gone either way. She could have been on the American team or on the Chinese team. She decided to go in, um, in as a member of the Chinese team. That's elicited all kinds of just stupid hatred from some people here in America, thinking that she's defected and she's not loyal to her nation and all this baloney. Well, like I said, I, I just love these Olympics because it's such a celebration of this individual achievement. And that's really what this should be about. But so many people look at the Olympics, they see it as – um as some sort of like a, you know, it becomes a nationalist sort of thing. You know, you get the people that are all about America and root for America and, and, and then it gets political. It gets, um, you know, worldwide leaders kind of get in battles and certain nations get suspended and, and it becomes politicized. And it's a damn shame that it has to be done that way. But. In many ways, Eileen Gu is sort of bucking the trend of all this. And I just think it's fantastic. So I want to share with you just a, a video clip um, from CNN. And, and they talk a little bit about her and they talk a little bit. You know, she speaks at her press conference following getting the gold medal. And I want to share that with you. We'll comment a few a few moments through this. I mean, it's just remarkable. So let me get my screen sharing here and let's see if I can do this right. Um, And uh, we're going to share the audio as well. I'm going to put on the headphones so I can figure out what the heck I'm doing here. Um, So here we go. We're going to put on the headphones and we're going to share this screen And there we go. So hopefully you're seeing all this properly. And I'm going to play this. Like I said, I'll probably pause it a few times um, just to offer some some interesting commentary. So here we go.
1: The Snow Princess delivered. She won gold in the women's big air skiing event. She made a perfect landing on a trick she says she has never attempted before. Never attempted. Who was born in the U.S. said about it.
2: I think of all my tricks as a rhythm and music and, like, kind of motion. So in that sense, the wind in my ears, the speed of my turn, when I wrap the spin, it yes. up. And so, like, there's a change in tempo. And so I was visualizing that. I was thinking about that going into the trick. Um, I felt very confident that if I didn't land it, it would be safe.
0: So right here, I mean, we're seeing her talk about the trick. She's talking about what she's feeling, the artistry of the whole of the whole um, event, um, you know, the rhythm, the music, the motion. I mean, it's this is cool to me. This is this is um, a celebration of human achievement. Um, and, and she's. You know, she articulates it perfectly. So let's keep going on this.
2: And that I would still be able to participate in my next two events. But more than anything, I thought that it was an opportunity to represent myself and this message that I've always had of breaking your own boundaries. So no matter if I landed it or not, it was, I feel like, a testament to my character. And that is something that I wanted to show the world.
0: (laughs) This is brilliant, I mean, she says this is really an individual um, accomplishment for her. She thinks it's it 's a reflection of her character, what she 's trying to accomplish she 's not na- making this about nations she 's not making about this about America versus china she 's going out there with her own individual objectives and she 's essentially you know what what I would say pursuing her happiness at the highest degree she is. She is um, demonstrating just a a remarkable high level of achievement, Um, and she understands the moment that she's in. And, again, this is just such a beautiful message.
1: Wow. Well, her fans went wild, and Weibo, the Chinese version of Twitter, temporarily crashed after tens of millions of fans rushed online celebrate.
0: This is the other kind of funny part because, um, you know, she is, you know, an American citizen born in San Francisco, she decides to go and be a member of the Chinese team. And the people in China are just, you know, she's like a rock star in China. And so they're excited that she's on their team. She's an international superstar that has come from America that wants to represent to the Chinese team. For them, you know, the Chinese people are all excited about this. They were so excited that, that I guess the internet crashed in China. But this is the sort of thing that, that uh, again, there's some people in America that are really angry about this, that she is representing the Chinese team rather than the American team. And I'm just, I just think that's a load of, you know, to use a Biden phrase, a load of malarkey. So, you know, like when, for example, like when they have the, uh, the world baseball classic, it's sort of like the world cup for soccer, but they do it for baseball and all the nations compete. Well, there's a lot of American baseball players who are born in America that actually have heritage from other nations and they'll compete on the other teams um, for whatever reason they choose. Maybe just something that's personal for them and their family, but like Mike Piazza, you know, the the hall of fame catcher for the Dodgers and for the Mets, and even had a cup of coffee here in San Diego with the Padres. I think he played on the Italian team in the world baseball classic. Or was it the Italian baseball team in the Summer Olympics back when baseball was one of the events? Um So, you know, this sort of thing where you see athletes kind of switching teams, you know, representing different nations, you know, people get so hung up on this from a political perspective, but just th- that doesn't matter. <laughs> None of that matters. The, these are athletes that are pursuing their happiness. I mean, you know, we talk about this podcast as life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. This is them pursuing, you know, really, you know, uh, having great life achievements, having the liberty to represent whatever nation they feel like, you know, and again, this might be just her way of just expressing her love for her mother. It it isn't necessarily, you know, a a, uh, uh, president, she versus Donald Trump or, President Biden, it's nothing to do with that. Um, but some of these these, you know, nationalists, these right wing nationalists make it a big deal. Um, and it's just it's a, it's very discouraging. But let's hear a little bit more from this clip.
1: Let's get you to Poi Wire for more Olympic action. But before um, we uh, do, uh, we've got to start with uh, before we talk about anything else, we've got to start with Eileen Gu. I mean, this is remarkable. And she's just so eloquent as she talked right on What what a story of unity of uniting of of in yeah it's inspirational this stuff isn't it
3: it is, and just 18 years old. And she mentioned composing music. That's how she sees her sport. She she actually is a piano playing prodigy. She plays Beethoven. Uh, but she's born in San Francisco. She chose to compete for China because of a strong mother daughter bond. Becky uh, Gu is a, a horseback riding star. She graduated high school in just three years. She's already been admitted to her dream school, Stanford. She's modeled for Louis Vuitton. She's racked up about. 20 brand partners and big time dollars. Now she's the,
0: but this is just unbelievable. I mean, what did, what did they say? Got out of, you know, graduated high school in three years, a piano prodigy, um, and a, uh, a horse, a uh, horse, what was it? I don't know, a horse riding champion of some kind, um, a model for Louis Vuitton. I mean, wow. And, uh, an Olympic gold medalist. And she just got one gold medal under her belt. She's got a couple of more, um, a couple of more. Competitions left, you know, on her agenda. And yeah, like the announcer said there, this was a mother daughter bond thing, um, that drove her to want to represent China. It was her showing her love and appreciation for her mother. So this is just a beautiful story. I mean, and, and this is a young lady that, oh my gosh, I mean, her future is going to be unbelievable. And this is the, this, these are people that are out there you know, achieving great things in their life, essentially pursuing their happiness and doing it at the the ultimate degree. And and you could see that she is a, a young lady that has been a, been successful in many dimensions of her life, pursuing her happiness. I mean I I always like to think of that old Army, um, United States Army slogan that they use when, for recruiting, be all that you can be. I mean, Eileen Gu is an, a great example of that. So let's continue with this.
3: The poster child for these Olympic Games, after winning that gold earlier Tuesday, she talked about her decision more to compete for China instead of Team USA. Listen.
2: So, um, I definitely feel as though I am just as American as I am Chinese. I'm American when I'm in the U S and I'm Chinese when I'm in China. And I've been very outspoken about my gratitude to both the U S and China for making me the person who I am. Um, I don't feel as though I'm, you know, taking advantage of one or the other because both have actually been incredibly supportive of me and continue to be supportive of me. Um, because they understand that my mission is to use sport as a force for unity, to use it as um, a form to foster interconnection between countries Yeah, right and on. not use it as a divisive force.
3: Becky, you mentioned her being so eloquent. Uh, she said she wants to unite people, promote common understanding, create communication and forge friendships between nations. She's already won one. Olympic gold. And she has a chance to win two more of them here at these Beijing games.
0: So, I mean, isn't this just so awesome? So we've got, you um, know, let me kind of get out of this sharing screen business. So um, anyways, sh- this young lady is, I mean, this is someone to celebrate. I mean, what, what she's accomplishing and she like, she understands the moment. She understands the stage. And while we look around us and, you know, you turn on cable news and there's always a bunch of crazy talking heads barking about this, barking about that, w- looking to divide our country, looking to um, create create separation and division and hate from one group to another. There's a lot of friction amongst nations. And then here comes Eileen Gu, um, a, a young lady that really doesn't you know, she says she's as yes, much American. She is Chinese, um, but she's not really. She's ultimately about bringing people together. She's ultimately about serving as a uh, a representative of her own character. Um, she is expressing her, you know, her family connections through this whole thing. To me, this is just. A beautiful thing. Um, never mind the fact that she is—I uh, mean, I didn't even know this—that she was a she was a model, or she is a model, and she's you know been accepted at Stanford. I mean, this is just an amazing story. Now, a little bit of a tangent on this that I found interesting is that her mother, um, Yanggu. Was born in Shanghai and was raised in Beijing. And she emigrated to the United States about 30 years ago for postgraduate studies and she settled in San Francisco. And then, you know, she ended up marrying an American and Eileen is their, their daughter. But uh, this is a little bit of a tangent and it's consistent with a bit, this notion of pursuing happiness. Um, Eileen Gu's mother. Um, yang Gu, she came to America to pursue her happiness and and thankfully she was able to stay here you know so often we see a lot of these um, uh, authority figures you know especially a bunch of blowhard politicians that talk about deporting people uh, send them back to where they came from you know a lot of this this BS I mean when someone comes to America and goes to college here especially if they go to, and, and get a postgraduate degree these are the people People that we should be embracing to stay in America. And thankfully, um, Eileen Gu's mother did stay in America. But think about how many... Students come here internationally to go to go to college. They get a bachelor's degree, or maybe they get a master's or a doctorate. They have all this talent, all this brain power, and then we ended up sending them back to the nation they came from. When we we could use them here in America. I mean, we could, if they're if they're pursuing careers in healthcare as a doctor, or if whatever they're choosing to do, if they want to be an engineer and they want to innovate here in the United States, we should be welcoming these people with open arms. I've heard someone comment once before is that when someone, when an international student gets a college degree in America from a United States university, particularly if it comes from a, uh, with a graduate degree, I mean, they should be getting an automatic green card. It should be like paperclip to their diploma when they go up and get their, their diploma on graduation day. So, you know, I, I talk all about pursuing happiness as, as really an ideal that I'm, always trying to embrace it, trying to improve myself. And I want to evangelize that message of pursuing happiness. But I see this story with Eileen Gu and the wonderful things that she's accomplishing and her background and what her mother did to come to America and, and, and have her own success. I mean, to me, this is just a fantastic story. Um, so what are your thoughts on this? Feel free to type in your comments on Facebook or YouTube and let me know. Okay. Um, No, but the reaction from the haters on this, I mean, I'm going to read you. This is a this was someone's tweet. I'm going to have to bleep out certain words here. But this is insane. Some of these people, this person said, I hate to say this, but I might be forced to agree with the right wing types about Eileen Gu, born in the United States, raised here, learned to ski here, trained here and then wins the gold for frigging China. Uh, Don't come home, Eileen Gu. You like China so much. Stay there. Bet you won't like it much. What the hell are these people? What is going on here? I mean, this is a person that should be celebrated. But again, these whack jobs get so hung up on what nation you're representing. It doesn't matter, people. (laughs) The Olympics is all about pursuing happiness. It's all about individual human achievement. Um, And I think that's worthy of celebration. Okay. Um I want to get into mask mandates. Those are being lifted here pretty quickly, and maybe a couple of comments about uh good old Joe Rogan. He's been in the news a lot. Um uh, but before we do, I encourage you if you want to follow on social media, continue the conversation there, go to my uh one of my web pages. It's called connectwithjohnny.com, and there you'll see all the platforms where we you know broadcast this uh this podcast. You'll also have an opportunity to sign up on our mailing list and then you can, you know, reach out and, you know, instantly get on our Facebook page um, on our Twitter, you can interact with me on Twitter. And on the other social media platforms. So that's on connectwithjohnny.com if you want to continue the discussion. Okay. So let's talk just a little bit more here. I kind of want to talk about the the announcement just came and I, and I know it's mostly here in the context of California, but I think a few other states are doing this. But on February 15th, uh, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom just announced that California would no longer require masks for indoor, um, you know, when you're indoors for people that are vaccinated. Now, of course, there's all kinds of exceptions to this rule. You know, if you're in a venue with over a thousand people, I don't really know all the details, but what's happening is, is that, you know, they're saying because the case counts are down, the hospitalization rates are down, then now they can begin relaxing these mask mandates. And, you know, on one level that sounds scientific and that's important, but the timing on this, you have to believe is is really kind of, Interesting, right? I mean, just a week and a half ago, you know, up at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, the NFL's, you know, champ, NFC Championship game between the Rams and the 49ers. You know, Gavin Newsom was there in a skybox hanging out with Magic Johnson. Did you see the pictures? You know, and he, he got a photo op with Magic Johnson. You know, good on him Um, and good on Magic. But, you know, he takes the mask off for the photo op. And, you know, you're in SoFi Stadium. That's an indoor stadium. Like, and, and so, you know, Newsom was challenged on this and he said, oh, I just took it off just for the, the photo op. And then went right back on. And then they show other video, other f- photographs of Newsom hanging out with Magic. They're sitting in their stadium seats. You know, this is not during the photo op, a totally different time, having a good old time. And it's just the sheer hypocrisy of this. It just makes me go nuts. Um, You know, but never mind the fact that Gavin Newsom, you remember he got busted for being in the uh, French Laundry restaurant, this, you know, um, high end five star restaurant up in the Napa Valley shortly after the whole California economy, or at least the restaurants in California were largely shut down. So, again, more hypocrisy. And then, you know, he was up there in the skybox with L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti. And Eric Garcetti got a photo op with magic as well. And then people challenged him and he said, well, you know, when I took off my mask, I was holding my breath, you know, and it's just nonsense. Um, And then there was just a recent photo that was circulating uh, over the last couple of days. And it was Stacey Abrams. Remember Stacey Abrams? She ran for governor in the state of Georgia. There was controversy about the reason why she lost and, you know, all these all these challenges of voter fraud and other nonsense that we hear from both the left and the right. Uh, but she's a very prominent figure in the Democratic Party. And there she is in a classroom with a bunch of young children under the age of 10. All the children are wearing masks. And there's Stacey Abrams in the front of the class with a big smile and no mask. And so, I mean, I'm happy that <laughs> they're removing the mask mandate for people like me that are vaccinated and boosted. But if these political leaders really believed that wearing a mask, um, excuse me, that not wearing a mask was a, a major risk to their own individual health, that they were putting their health in serious danger by not wearing a mask, then they would never take the mask off in the first place. But they they seem to just be almost um playing a role, playing a character in a bit. Um and it's Almost like, you know, they say wear the mask and then wink, wink, they they really don't follow through on it. So, I mean, it's just the theater of it is what drives me crazy. And I, I understand the scientific basis for the mask. I mean, I get it. I understand that. Um, but again, I, I'm, you know, Barry Weiss, the, the former New York Times journalist and now has her girl in Substack. She's a pretty popular person. She was on the Bill Maher show and she said, I'm done with COVID and I kind of am, too. You know, I figure I'm I'm vaccinated. I'm boosted. I practice social distancing. I, I'm smart about it. Um, and we just need to get on with our lives, people. Um, and yeah, is there a risk? Sure. But there's there's risk everywhere in the world. And having this constant state of fear and panic and masks on masks off all this. It's just insane. I mean, so thank God they're re- they're they're um, removing the mask mandates. I'm, I'm happy about that. But God, just the hypocrisy. Oh, and then they're removing the mask mandates if you're indoors. But but for kids that are in school, there's still a mask requirement for children and children who, by the way, are the ones that are least at risk for getting covid or having any serious illness or death. I mean, for the most part, the people that are most at risk are people that are older, like over the age of 65 or people that. You know, have other health problems or are severely obese or have other challenges. But you know, like a seven-year-old in a classroom, the risk for them is is almost insignificant. But yet the mask mandate is not lifted for the children. So again, it just you know, they we they talk about how it's all about science, but then I witness this and there's so much um uh, there, there's so much irrationality to it. It just drives you bonkers. Okay. Um I just want to leave a few of uh, 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 conclude with just a couple of comments about Joe Rogan. And you're probably thinking, yeah, Riley, <laughs> you know, you're a podcaster. Um Now, granted, I'm certainly no Joe Rogan. Um, But, uh you know, I, I, I enjoy this space of free expression and podcasting and, you know, I've, Joe Rogan, I mean, to a certain degree is a little bit of an inspiration. That's kind of like when I have my interview podcast. A lot of times we're on opposite ends of a wooden table, um, you know, so there's little things from Rogan that I've taken on this podcast. But I don't, I just think Rogan is unfairly getting heat for all this stuff. I mean, he's... You know, people are criticizing him about the comments that have been made by mostly by his guests, but in some cases by him about COVID and about the science and, and what kinds of, um uh you know, how effective are the vaccines and what kind of treatment can you have and everything else. And I'm thinking to myself, And this is the reason that Neil Young pulled his music off of Spotify. And I think who else did? There was um, I think the Crosby, Stills and Nash did it. Joni Mitchell did it. Um, And I'm just thinking to myself, this is a podcaster. Okay. It's not like he's your personal doctor giving you a recommendation on what you should do. If you get sick, this is a, he's a comedian. He's a MMA announcer. He's a dude with a microphone, I mean, if you're getting medical, taking medical advice seriously from someone like Joe Rogan, you've got some serious <laughs> problems. It's not Joe Rogan's fault, man. That's your fault. Look in the mirror. Oh my God. Um, so, I think he's just getting so much heat, and I think the reality of this, the reason he's getting so much heat, is because he's so damn popular. I mean, there, there. I think on any given podcast episode, there'll be about a hundred million people that'll download an episode. I mean, that's unbelievable amount of listenership, viewership. I mean, compare that to a broadcast on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC. I mean, he just dwarfs them. So a lot of this, uh, the traditional media, I think, are coming down on him, mostly because he said these things about COVID. But really, they're trying to tear the guy down because he's a competitive force. And so now, now we're starting to see, you know, there's accusations of racism. And I think a lot of that is overblown. And and yeah, I did see India Ari's video that she shared. Uh, a bunch of clips all taken out of context, you know, where where Rogan was saying the N word. But in all, almost all of those cases, it's not like he is eliciting racial language. He's actually just quoting someone else. Um, so it's. It's just crazy. I mean, all of this. It, you know, he's the latest figure that they're trying to tear down. But the cool piece of news that has happened this week with Rogan is, you know, how he was given a hundred million bucks to go on to Spotify. I mean, can you imagine that? Imagine if Spotify said, "Hey, John Riley Project, we'll give you a hundred million bucks to come on to Spotify." You know, of course, Spotify did it to bring that audience. You know, with 100 million downloads on, the, on their platform and having them exclusive on that platform, that's a big win for Spotify. Well, there's a new um, competitor to YouTube that's out there. You may have heard of it. It's called Rumble. And this was sort of put together by a lot of the right wingers that um, are aligned with Trump and some of the conservatives that are angry about a lot of their episodes being canceled, um, a lot of their episodes on YouTube being taken down. In some cases, you know, you can make money on YouTube depending on how many viewers you have, how many subscribers you have, um, you can they'll run ads in your YouTube videos and you can, what they say is monetize your videos. Well, a lot of people have been having their videos taken off of monetization and people were literally just really upset with YouTube. And so they created this new platform called Rumble. And um, they say they're not going to be yanking any content, you know, because they're trying to, you know, be a representative of free speech. And I hear this and I'm like, right on. I mean, I think I've got to get the John Riley Project on a rumble. Like right now, I only live stream on Facebook and YouTube, but I need to get it out on some more platforms. So, anyways, Rumble, who's the new kid on the block, they offered, they just offered Joe Rogan. A hundred million dollars, just like Spotify did. But what they said is, is that if we, if we give you the hundred million dollars, we will not remove any of your episodes because, you know, Spotify did that right when they took Rogan on and Rogan has, I don't know, like 1700 podcast episodes. When he came on to Spotify, he was, um. They had a few of his episodes were not a few, maybe about 40 of them were removed before Spotify took them on initially. And then over the weekend, there were about another, I don't know, was it 50 or 60 podcast episodes that were removed as well um, because someone went through it and they they said someone was saying something that Spotify didn't like. And so those got removed. So Rumble is saying, hey, come on board and we'll give you 100 million bucks and we won't remove any of your episodes. But then I think, you know, do these people at Rumble have that kind of money. I don't know if they do. I pro- they probably don't. Maybe is this a publicity stunt? I don't know. Um, but it's certainly, it certainly is something that got my attention. I think it got a lot of other people's attention as well. And I think it's proving that there's a lot of money in this podcast business. Now, granted, I'm kind of just almost like a glorified hobbyist. Um, I'd love to be able to make money at this, but I'm, I'm nowhere near that stage. Uh, but it is interesting to see how this is playing out. Now, just as an aside here, um, you know, the whole Neil Young thing. I mean, have you seen people joking about Neil Young and they'll say, you know, people under 30, they're like, who's Neil Young? Right. And um, people over 60, they're, they're saying, What's Spotify? <laughs> so um, I think Neil Young, by you know, granted, Neil Young stood for his principles, and I'll give him credit for it. If he doesn't want to be on Spotify for whatever reason, he doesn't need to be on Spotify. Um, but I think this is going to work out pretty well for Neil Young because now people are talking about Neil Young. I mean, when was the last time people talked about Neil Young? I mean, in a significant amount. And maybe it was in the early nineties when he did keep on rocking in the free world with Pearl jam. And then prior to that, I mean, Neil Young's his, you know, uh, sweet spot was really in the 1970s. I and mean, he has, he's a fantastic musician, but how old is he? He's got to be in his mid seventies. Um, so he's got, A huge boost in celebrity, in name recognition. New audiences are learning about Neil Young. And oh, by the way, if you've been paying attention in the music business, a lot of artists like Bruce Springsteen um, and others have been selling their music catalog for huge money. And Neil Young has already sold 50% of his catalog. Maybe he's trying to build publicity so he can sell the other 50% for some kind of $100 million or more deal. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, so a lot of these these guys, they know how to play the game. And uh, I think this is going to actually going to kind of work out. I mean, people are bashing Neil Young, but I think he'll be the one laughing all the way to the bank when this whole thing is done. Uh, Matthew Branigan, a couple of comments here. He says Odyssey is another newer video platform that's gave, gaining some traction. And yeah, I'm familiar with Odyssey. Um, there's also another Odyssey, but it's spelled like audio, like A U D. A um, D A U D I C Y, I think it might be. Um, so, but this is the Odyssey, kind of like Homer's Odyssey, although it's spelt differently. Yeah, that's another platform. I got to figure out a way to get the John Riley project on that as well. So, I mean, that's one of the things I'm going to be working on in the next, you know, week or two is to really expand all these platforms so I can, you know, really grow the audience. Um, Matthew Branigan goes on to say um, on the live stream I don't agree with his unscientific anti GMO views but I still respect him as a musician. Yeah. You know, we're all going to have different views, right? I mean, we all have different opinions and you know, this is what America's supposed to be all about, right? Isn't it? You know, it's free speech. It's, it's a, it's a melting pot. You know, we have diversity, we have the differences of opinion, but we don't hate each other for it. You know, especially on things like this that we're talking about. Um, but, you know, if we want to go our own way, no big deal, you know, live and let live. And I think that's what this should should largely be about. Um, but, yeah, so anti-GMO, I don't know how you feel? I think GMO is another amazing um, achievement in human progress. We've got more food, more people fed than ever before. And a lot of that's due to GMO. But some people are still spooked by that. I mean, I'm not, but that's just me. Um All right. So, uh, what else? I don't know. You know, I wanted to make this a sort of a short episode. We're in at about 35 minutes. So I think that's plenty of time friends. I'm going to start doing more of these episodes, maybe making them a little shorter, a little more bite-sized pieces for y'all, but thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. This is the John Riley project. And just like Katniss Everdeen, may the odds for ever be in your favor. We'll see you later friends. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor subscribe and then share it with a friend, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog or get more information. Please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.